0: When you think of masked balls, you probably think of white halls and chandeliers, women dressed in beautiful gowns, and men in elaborate suits, their faces hidden behind colourful masks. But, as much as media likes to romanticise these masquerades, the history behind them can be quite strange, and quite gruesome at times, but mostly it's just strange. Hello and welcome to Certainly Strange episode 35. Today's episode is a bit different than usual because usually I like to cover one specific event or legend, but for today's episode we are going to be looking at the strange history of masked balls. Masked balls have always fascinated me and they are heavily romanticised in books, in TV, movies and on social media, but in my years scouring the internet for strange stories I have come across quite some peculiar masked balls in history. And since telling the story of only one would simply be too short for an episode, I've decided to compile several stories of these. And this episode is also supposed to be a bit on the lighter side, since we've delved into all sorts of dark things this season, with a lot of deaths and curses, missing children and just overall tragedy, and I hope that this episode will at least give you a good laugh. Mast balls date all the way back to the 14th century, often being part of a carnival celebration before the beginning of Lent. But balls were also held in celebration of rural affairs, such as a wedding or a king visiting a city. Over the many years that mast balls have been held, there have been a number of strange parties, and I am here to tell you about a few of them. Number 1 that one ball where the king dressed up as Bigfoot and was nearly burned to death. The year was 1393, and one of the ladies-in-waiting at the French court was about to be married. And this was cause for a celebration, of course. A party was held at the royal residence, and the entertainment of the night was a rowdy performance by six knights of the French court, who were all dressed up as wild men of the woods. So, imagine... Bigfoot. That is basically what they were dressed up as. Their costumes were made out of a linen soaked in tar onto which were stuck frayed flax strands, making the dancers look all hairy and wild similarly hairy masks covered their faces and the game of the party was ultimately to guess who these six masked men were and no one knew that one of these bigfoot men was actually the king himself king charles vi of france and if you're wondering why in god's name is the king of france dressing up like bigfoot well it is actually his wife's idea Performances and games such as these were encouraged at court by the Queen Isabel of Bavaria to distract her husband, who was known as King Charles the Mad. And since I personally don't really like when people are simply called mad, uh, a bit of clarification on that point, it is that historians say that King Charles was most likely suffering from paranoid schizophrenia. Because the wild man costumes were so flammable, no candles or torches were allowed into the room during the performance. But it seems that the king's brother, Louis, had not gotten the note. Intentionally or accidentally, Louis appeared late to the party, extremely drunk and happening to be carrying a torch. A spark of the torch caught one of the costumes and it just burst into flames. And as the knight swung around in panic trying to put himself out, he put all the other dancers on fire too. Well, nearly all. Luckily for King Charles the Mad, Duchess de Berry, who was only 14 at the time, had recognised him in time and had thrown her skirts over him to protect him from the sparks and all the other dancers. And only one other dancer managed to save himself, the Serre de Nantoyette, by jumping into a barrel of wine. The other four dancers burned to death. The people of France would later blame the king's brother, you know, the one who had brought in the torch, for trying to attempt to murder the king. And they also claimed that Queen Isabeau was in on the plot, since she was the one who had convinced the king to dress up as Bigfoot in the first place. This only goes to show that conspiracy theories have always existed. Alright, I know. That I told you that this was going to be a funny episode and this story was quite gruesome, but you must agree with me that it was a very strange masked ball, at the least. The other masked balls, trust me, will be less deadly. Let's move on to number two that one ball where the king dressed up as a tree. We remain in France some 400 years later, where a king decided not to dress up like Bigfoot. After all, that would be kind of silly. Instead, he decided to dress up like a tree—a much more normal thing to wear as a costume. It was the 25th of February, 1745, and two days prior, the Dauphin Louis had married to the Infanta of Spain, Maria Teresa. During the night from the 15th and the 16th of February, Versailles was illuminated as bright as day by the light of a thousand candles. This was a show of the absolute wealth of the French monarchy. The amount of carriages that arrived on the avenue de Paris around half past eleven were enough to obscure the entire front of the palace, and if you don't know, Versailles is a massive palace. The servants had received orders to let Anyone inside the palace, on the sole condition that they would show their face and have their name registered. And the men were also obligated to be carrying a sword, an épée to be exact, but anyone could rent these swords at the concierge. The Hall of Mirrors was crowded by a multitude of masks depicting exotic creatures, jesters, nymphs, and magicians. A buffet had been arranged for the guests, consisting of a wide variety of fish, fresh fruits and jam. It is estimated that there were about 500 to 600 guests present, all awaiting the beginning of the ball. At around midnight, the Queen appeared in the hall through a mirrored door, without mask, dressed in a splendid white jacket dotted with pearls, with the famous diamond named Regent Tensensy arranged in her hair. After her, the Dauphin made his entrance, masked as a gardener, together with his new wife who was dressed as a flower merchant. But then, suddenly, the doors to the royal apartments opened and there stood eight quite strange figures. They were all perfectly identical yew trees. It were costumes, tree costumes made to resemble the trees in the Garden of Versailles, with two holes in front so that the people wearing them could see through it. And one of these trees was the king. Already quickly, the trees were surrounded by young ladies, and one of the guests at the party, the Abbé de Berny, remarked that the crowd of pretenders is infinite. It is said that this action had been a plan by the king to fool any young women with the ambition who wanted to become his consort, because being the king's consort came with a lot of power and respect. And since the death of Madame de Châteauroux, the last titular mistress of Louis XV some months prior, all the women of the court aspired to her succession. And I suppose that being the king at this time is like being someone who just won the lottery and suddenly just. Everyone wants to be your friend, but then a thousand times worse. In any way, this dressing up like a tree action of the king was successful, because it caused a lot of confusion and a lot of ladies made the mistake of flirting with the wrong tree, which I think should become a new proverb. It was eventually a young woman by the name of Madame d'Acholle who seemed to have recognised the king. Some even say that Louis XV had organized the ball just so that he could meet her again after first seeing her during a hunting trip and getting a crush on her. Isn't that adorable? Some six months later, Madame de d'Echoil was officially presented to the court under the name of Madame de Pompadour, who remained the king's titular mistress until her death. From Bigfoot to Trees, the last masked ball that I'll be telling you about has perhaps the strangest sort of costume compared to the other ones. And I know, that is quite an accomplishment. Story number three. That one ball where everyone dressed up as a car? Somehow, and no, I haven't planned this, we remain in Paris i think the ultimate conclusion that we can draw from this episode is that when it comes to masked balls paris is just a place to be for all the strangeness or perhaps the french are just really weird in general the year is 1924. Right in the middle of the roaring 20s in Paris, and at the moment it was simply the place to be for any extravagant figures. And one of these figures was a man by the name of Count Etienne de Beaumont. He was one of the great aristocratic patrons of modern art in Paris in the time between World War I and World War II. He was friends with people such as Pablo Picasso and was affiliated with fashion houses of Coco Chanel and Christian Dior. Besides that, he helped finance ballets and films. But what Beaumont was best known for were his lavish and grandiose parties. A bit like The Great Gatsby, I suppose. I imagine that he was the sort of person that could just feel a room with his presence. Beaumont would host a ball every summer, with costumes and decors made by Chanel or Picasso, with commissioned music and interior designers to contribute to his event's overall aesthetic beauty and lavishness. The event was also very musical, with ballet and poetry and theatre and comedy act. In short, it was the sort of party that would have been able to rival those at FSI. And each of these masked balls had a theme. Themes included a Louis XIV ball, a ball of famous paintings, a sea-themed ball, an opera-themed ball. But the strangest of all themes was the one in 1924, when everyone had to dress up as cars. (laughs) Like a vintage rendition of Transformers, I suppose. And I'll post some pictures of these costumes up on Instagram, so go check them out on uh, Certainly Strange the Podcast. Instagram. And I hope that you enjoyed this short look into the strange history of Murth Balls. If you like this episode, please consider leaving behind a review on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. It really helps getting the podcast out there. And you can follow us on Instagram at Certainly Strange the Podcast and visit our website certainlystrange.com. There you can also find a full transcript of all episodes as well as all the sources that I used in my research. And once again, thank you for listening. Bye!